How much is a first-class ticket to Tehran? Belite derecek ta Tehran çandı. Which way is north? Şomal kodam tarafı. I have nothing to declare. Çize gomruki nadara. Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe! Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy, he calls to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings. Welcome to our little radio show. It happens to be named after me because I'm the host, if you haven't tuned in before. We have a pretty good show lined up for everyone tonight, but I guess you'll be the judge of that, so we'll just have to wait and see how things play out. With me is my temporary permanent uh, co-host, Gerald Holcomb. All right. Thank you, Spud. I- I'm excited about tonight's show, as I think we have a really Yeah, and good- I-, I should probably also acknowledge our designated laugher, Gina, who brings so much to the show. Gina, let the audience know you're with us in the studio. Super. Uh, Gina, laughter might be the best medicine, but try to keep it down when I'm talking. You know, I'm not saying your laughter is annoying, but... Gerald. Well, anyway. But, though I don't know exactly who's on tonight's show, as I continue to be left out of the loop with that classified information. Regardless, I trust this one's going to be great, so everyone should prepare themselves for a highly entertaining show. Highly yeah. Now that sets the bar maybe yeah. beyond our capabilities here. Oh, nonsense. With guests, the guests we have and the musicians set to play soon, well, all the ingredients necessary for a fantastic show are here. Well, if you say so. But if we fall short, it's on you. Just be aware oh. of that. So anyway, uh, we got to get started here. Yeah. But there was something I kind of wanted to bring up that's, that's been bothering me for the last you know couple weeks, actually. So, something I'm doing? It, is this about the aftershave my wife bought me? I, I can't stand no. it myself, but gosh darn it, she no, loves it. That's not what I was referring to. Oh. I, I have had this feeling recently that someone's like watching that me. That is messed up, yo. I don't know. I, I thought I would share this on the air as maybe someone else out there is also going through this. Watching You know, you? like being tailed or something. Also, my phone calls. You know, what TV shows I'm watching. The places <laughs> I check out on the web. <laughs> I even saw this low-flying, what I thought was like some guy's remote control model you know, airplane following me at the Woodland Park Zoo last Sunday. I kept seeing it above me everywhere I went, even to the raccoon cage. Hmm. I mean, no one was there, but basically me as raccoons are everywhere, so who wants to see one in a zoo, right? It, Can't uh-huh. figure that, couldn't figure out why they had them in a Sputter, cage. Are, are you referring to a drone? Oh. You know, 
It's pot. It, yeah. Man, I could have been liquidated on the spot. No. Had no idea. Didn't even think of that. Listen, Hell no, you can't. I, I don't want to diminish your stature in the radio industry, but but you're rather insignificant in the big picture. I, I mean, why would the government be interested in keeping uh, tabs well, on you? I have no idea. I've never been arrested or even said any bad things about a president. Never threatened them. I'm, okay, maybe I. You know, I muttered a few nasty things about Bush, but who didn't? Jeez. <laughs> it was just the usual stuff about him being the biggest disaster in American history. Well, you know, it's possible they've mistaken you for someone else. Uh, you know, this has happened many times. You know, they kick in the doors, and later they find out the suspect is some 70-year-old grandmother. Yeah, well, with the front door at my apartment, all they would have to do is blow hard. I've, I've asked, you know, my soup, uh, the guy that, or whatever he is, I don't know what his real title is, yeah. for a new door and a lock. Because the FBI or NSA wants to find out what I'm up to... You know, all they have to do is ask. I live a pretty boring life. You know, I myself, I've never felt I was under surveillance. In fact, when I was a teenager, I was a junior member of the search and rescue unit. Okay, fine. I, I've always been a big supporter of the yeah. government. So, so you, you know. suck up to the feds, too. Well. L- let me state that I also have been a model citizen, so you are no better an American than I am. I almost got my Weeblo badge in the Cub Scouts, and that's the, uh, the, the pinnacle I, of Cub I, Scouts. I know. I, I don't want this to turn into a competitive thing, but... I got to tell you, I was an Eagle Scout. Big, That's big, the big deal. I, I could have been like a Ranger or a SEAL if I wanted to, but I had mm. a little you know, trouble with my back after messing it up in PE class in the 11th grade. This dodgeball game got a little out of hand. You know, when the te- teacher had to like go to the office, if I remember right, just for a few <laughs> minutes, and then it got just wild, out of control, and I just tweaked it. Yeah. This, that was pretty much it for me being in the Special Forces. Well, that was unfortunate. But did, yeah, you, ever, did you ever look into chiropractic care, Spud? Uh, you know, a good chiropractor might have helped you recover enough to make it into the service. No, I mean, my mom at that point said I should just give up my plans and pursue a career in the entertainment business instead. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to always wonder what missions I could have went on, you know? I, I don't even know if, if they had Zero Dark Thirty stuff going on back then or not. Oh, there- The answer is... There have been covert operations in this in the service of this country going back to the Revolutionary War. I guess you just missed your opportunity. Well... Do you think this has anything to do with me giving out that tip on the air a few weeks ago about how to avoid the TSA making you take off your shoes at the airport? I mean, I'm no Edward Snowden, man. All I said was wear a pair of really dirty sweat socks that reek, you know, maybe pour some blue cheese dressing on them right before you head to the airport. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, when they get a whiff, I mean, they're going to tell you to forget about it and keep moving every time. It always works. I I doubt that that would have triggered a full-scale operation. Well, whatever. Okay, well, right now let's play some music. Here is a favorite guest of this show, Margaret show with Calling in Stoned. You know, it features another show friend, Tommy Chung. So let's check it out. Calling in Stoned, if I could be cloned, my clone would be high as I'm calling in Stoned on the telephone. I can't stop eating chips. I'm so high. It's like, how's the weather? It's really hard for me to string words together. Oh, there's times we should fold, times we should bet, times that we wipe or shake it instead. Times to remember, times to forget. That's why it's time to call in stones. I'm calling in stoned and everyone's boned, cause I was supposed to drive. Sucks to be high and everyone's right But at least you're all still alive I'm so high I can't quite feel my legs Let's get on the internet Cruise stick on Craigslist, oh 
Quinn, you're listening to the Spud Goodman Show. Uh, say, Spud, your first guest, Ralphie Mays, holding for you. Cool. It's been over like six months since we've last spoke with him. Hey, do you plan on asking him about that little incident in Colorado he had? Well, as a journalist, I guess I have to at least bring it up. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky no one's ever called the cops on me because I wasn't feeling well while I was working. Uh, Spud, you really do need to take a better care of yourself. Have you considered a multiple vitamin? Uh, you know, well, my wife, she's a regional supervisor for Amway, so she could hook you up. Nah, I'll pass on that. Just put them on, please. Okay, okay. All right, welcome back to the show, comedian Ralphie May. Hey, man, I appreciate you checking in with us tonight. Hey, man, my pleasure, Spud. No oh. problem at all. All right, you're going to be appearing at the Tacoma Comedy Club tonight and with two shows, Friday and Saturday at 7.30 and 10.30, and one last one for good measure on Sunday at 7.30. Hope you're like, have a medical staff on hand, because that's a heavy workload. Yeah, I know, I know, right? Um, it, it is, but I, I don't mind. I, uh, I love stand-up, and I love making people laugh, so it's, it's easy for me. All right, super. Hey, can we start this thing off with a question about your show in sure, Colorado in January, <laughs> I believe, where you got a little too high on edibles, according to like TMZ, and the cops got called to the show. How many brownies yeah, did you Yeah, that's eat? what they said, but it wasn't true. Oh, okay. It wasn't true. Dang, that's a good story. I, I, I wish, I, I would love to say it was, and, and I do smoke a ton of reefer, okay, a ton. And um, But that day, I actually had a sinus infection, and uh, everything on there was uh, cold medicine. Oh. I took, uh, uh, and cold medicine, that's not better. It's just not illegal or scandalous or salacious. It's just exactly what messes you up. I mean, take every day, uh, uh, day cold medicine to stop your nose from running, all right, and then start shaking Okay, because you took so much, because you had to fix yourself, because you have a show, and then take NyQuil to uh, even it out. 
All right, and that is exactly what happened. Well, you wouldn't have been the first because I remember Maureen Dowd from the New York Times uh, went to Colorado to write a piece on the legalization, on the impact that it's had, and uh, she had a few. Uh, I guess she had uh, ate too many something that was infused with THC, and anyway, she got very sick. So uh, it wouldn't have been the first, yeah. but we are. You know, we also have those uh, products available here in the state of Washington. So when you arrive here, yes. You might want to think about just sticking with smoking, you know. I don't know. <laughs> no, I normally uh, go edibles. I go Chiba Chews. Okay. Uh, they're um, award-winning, uh, cons- uh, discreet, uh, consistent, and very potent. All right. And so that's, that's what I, how I roll normally. But, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a touch of a mess, you know. Uh, it's a... It's a little bit unbelievable with everything that that went down there. Well, uh, let me uh, say this about the edible thing, though. If they start making pot Doritos, I'm thinking it could actually shut down the economy of this country because no one would ever show up for work. That's just my own thought on that. But anyway, Spud, uh, yeah. your interview with Ralphie's going really well. Maybe this would be a good time to take my suggestion. You know, do a word association segment with him. It worked really well for Barbara Walters. Uh, yeah, I used to do that with some guests many years ago, and sometimes I got a sort of interesting response. But most of the time, they just sat there and thought it was really weird. Just give it a try. Ask Ralphie, what's the first thing that comes to mind when he hears the word? I don't want to, okay? That's lame. Hey, I'm I'm just trying to help. I will let you know if I need any help. And that will be never. So please don't interrupt me again so I can complete this damn interview. Ralphie, you do a podcast, The Perfect Ten, with your wife, Lana Turner. Yes. How is it working with your spouse? They say it might not be a wise thing for a marriage when people work together. Any downside for you guys, or is it all good? (laughs) I love it. I love it, to be honest with you. It's terrific. Um, You know, uh, the, the only downside to it now is that she's a headliner, and we can't do it. Oh, you know, uh, she performs all over the place by herself, and so there's no need to having to perform with me, you know. <laughs> and so uh, I'm pretty lucky, to be honest with you. Yeah, it sounds uh, that way. to have had it as long as I have. But you know, she's uh, she's doing her own thing. So you know, as as great as it is, and, and at home, at home, it's it's really really fun. I mean, we laugh our asses off. Well, you know, on a recent podcast episode, you spoke about uh, growing up in the South, in Arkansas specifically. H- how important yeah. is religion in the community you grew up in? Because for at least the men, the commandment of thou shall not covet thy neighbor's wife seems to get a pass down there. Am I wrong? I mean, we're talking about hardcore churchgoers <laughs> and hardcore swingers, it seems to me. Yeah, there's a lot of swinging. Uh, not in Arkansas, where I grew up, uh, there wasn't. But you know, that's that's more of a Florida thing. Uh, okay. But in the South, but uh, we growing up, it was just so funny. I mean, it, the, Arkansas is. Uh, its own world, <laughs> uh, to put it in, in, you know, to honestly to to say the truth that that's that's the that's it, you know, Arkansas is its own place. It's a it's a crazy crazy place. All right. Um, well, you know, the last time you were on, you shared with us uh, the story when you were when you first met Sam Kinison as a very young when you were a very young oh, comic. Yeah. If Sam were still with us, do you think he would be doing uh, like a network sitcom or something conventional, or do you think he would like continue to have been a comedian who made his own rules? What do you think? Um, if he had lived, he would have been uh, 
the biggest force in stand-up comedy. Uh, you know, he he really made an impact and died too young. Yes. You know, he was only 39 when he died. And that that's something that people forget. They're always like, wow, yeah, I'm, I didn't know that. And, uh, uh, you know, I mean, he had a hit show, uh, Charlie Hoover, on where he played uh, the the nemesis of, uh, I mean, the, uh, the little devil on Charlie's shoulder. Right. And... And he was spectacular in that. They took this bigger-than-life person and shrunk him down and put him on a person's shoulder and make him, you know. And it was just so funny to take all the steam out of this bigger-than-life character, you know. I just can't, yeah, I can't see him doing like a, just a standard formulaic, you know, three-camera or multi-camera no. shoot. Doing, I, I, yeah, I just, <laughs> no. you know, anyway. All right, we're, 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 we agree on that one. Um, here's, an industry, here's an industry question, a stand-up question. I was just curious yeah. your take. How prevalent is the swiping of other comedians' material in the stand-up biz these days? Is it something you have to be on top of, or is it pretty rare right right now? It's pretty rare. It's pretty rare right now, to be honest with you. Um, it, it's, you know, with the Internet, you know, and what went down between Joe Rogan and Carlos Mencia, yeah. Dan Cook and Louis C.K., you know, um, there's... There's been this backlash of stand-ups of, of against it. You know, used to there was no way to stop it. You know, you couldn't shame anyone into stopping it. You just had to deal with it. But now, thanks to the internet and media, you know, and the audience is becoming more savvy. You know, they've learned that that's that's a, a huge negative thing to do. You know. So you, you that it's, it's you, so hard. So it's it's not really happening. Okay, you've never experienced it yourself, then. Um. Yeah, I've gotten stuff taken from me, and I've also been accused of taking, and I I didn't take. Um, it's uh, you know, there's you have to have opportunity, you know, with theft. You have to be able to have say you saw me here, this do this bit, you know, at this time. Right. And and if I didn't, and then there's no way for me to have seen you, then maybe it's just I developed an idea myself because I write really fast. You know, I mean, no one's put out as many albums as I have. I know. Uh, in as short a time a span, uh, in the history of stand-up comedy, and so you know, I'm kind of in, in my own territory. I'm in my own place. I guess and, it's a high compliment, you know, if they're ripping on, or they're ripping from me. Yeah, you know, exactly. You know, people who who take and steal, I, I can't stop them, but also I don't really worry about them because I can always go back to the well and write more. Right. You right, know, right, right. it's easy. Well, you know, let's let's deal with an obvious fact. You're a big dude. Have you ever been approached? like say Roseanne or Dan Marino were by those diet companies you know they'll pay you to eat a ton of you know they'll pay a ton of money to eat their stuff but I'm pretty sure it all tastes like ass so it'd be a tough call but has anybody ever hit you up? Um, you know uh, no they haven't and they haven't I uh... maybe we can do that maybe we can just broach that subject right now maybe somebody's listening yeah right that would be pretty awesome uh, yeah but no no one ever has alright alright super so um, well, let me hit you with this last question what are the long-term career goals of Ralphie May? I mean, you already have a buttload of comedy specials up on Netflix, and right. I mean, you're pretty. You work all the time. What's the ultimate dream for you at this point? Um, 
honestly, I I uh, I want to uh, I want to do more. You know, I want to. Uh, I'd love to have a TV show. I'd love to have. Uh, movies, but if that doesn't come and all I am is just a great stand-up comic, then that's fine too, you know? Um, that's Uptown Problems. I'm yeah. a lucky duck that way. Yes, you are. You know, I shouldn't have anything to be upset about it or or uh, um, to be worried about it in the least, you know? I'm well, very, very lucky, very fortunate. Well, yeah, you know, if, if you ever get bored during the day, you know you can fill up almost a whole day looking at your stuff on Netflix. So let me just leave it exactly, with that. Exactly, exactly. So, all right. Yeah, if you uh, want to binge watch, there's uh, 16 hours of uh, recorded material of mine. All right. Well, let me get this out again. You're going to be appearing at the Tacoma Comedy Club tonight and with two shows tomorrow and Saturday at 7.30 and 10.30 p.m. And one last show, like I said, at 7.30 on Sunday. I, I really, really want to thank you again for calling in, and I hope we're going to talk again sometime soon. Right on, Spot. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank uh, you so much, man. All right, Mr. Ralphie May. Asking me to go on vacation on a couple of days off is like asking a mailman to take a walk after his shift, you know what I mean? It's kind of a dicky thing to do, you know? Just, just let me relax, okay? And I picked up a TV show and, and we filmed late and I didn't get into bed till like 3.34 and the next morning at 8 o'clock my wife wakes me up to tell me I can sleep in and I'm like... I was doing that, you know that, right? I was already ahead of you. I was doing that very thing. And she's like, no, I want you to know where we're going. Okay, and what's going on? I'm like, all right, okay, all right, what's going on? Well, Kelly and I, that's her thumb and Louise's girlfriend. Every girl's got one that they go off and do things with and get into hijinks, you know? So I was like, great, that sounds awesome. What are y'all gonna do? We're going on a 10 mile hike. And I'm like, what, 10 miles? Oh yeah, y'all raising money for cancer or something? <laughs> if I was going on a 10 mile hike, somebody's life is on the line, okay? <laughs> Somebody close, close. Either that or I'm being chased by a very slow monster, you know? <laughs> for all who love beautiful music, there's one program you must hear. This is the Spud Goodman Show. All right, it's musical guest interview time. Please welcome musical guest Jim McKeever to the show. How you doing? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Not too bad. So you're on my old cable TV show like in the last century with yes. your old band, The Life. Uh, hey, we're both still alive, so I just figured that might be something worth mentioning. You know? <laughs> Anyway, all right, super. So you have a new record out, just released, titled Sunlight Reaches. How right. has your approach to music changed over the years, or has it? Yeah, so back in that band, I was it was sort of the uh, the Mick and Keith thing with me and the other writers. So I was a singer, a gar guitar player. He played riffs, I sang. And over the years, I've started um, writing more uh, collaboratively with people in more like a brill-building style in a in a room, just writing with our instruments, as opposed to in a rehearsal room, mm -hmm. writing. So, more Super. contemplative writing style now, I guess. Super. Well, Jim, do you think that the world is ready for Ben Affleck as Batman next spring? I, I know there's gonna, you know, gonna be precautions taken should the public's reaction, you know, turn violent. But you know, if this movie's a real turkey, can society handle it appropriately? What do you think? I think uh, I don't know. I think I think Ben deserves a chance, and we should just really just shelter him with white light and our love. There you go, super. Yeah. Um, 
So what's your advice? What would you give? What advice would you give to a young musician just starting out right now as, as a veteran who's been around and seen all sorts of the, uh, all sides of the business, so to speak, the music business? Well, besides maybe don't move out of your parents' house. What, what, what's the main tip you'd give someone? I'd say just uh, ignore the swirling soup of madness out there for the first few years and just sit in your room and write and listen to records and write and write and write. Uh, a painter t told me yesterday... She said, uh, your first 200 paintings, throw them away, you know. So I guess it's kind of a 10,000 hours thing. You just got to really mm -hmm. write. You can't fake it. All right. Super. Write that down, Gerald. Yeah, yeah, All I right. Got, I, super. Got, I got it. So, so what's the name of the first song? Uh, this one's called Welcome Home. All right. Let's do it. All right. Right from the very start Tell me where do you think you can go When your heart knows you're already home Why are you searching all the time For something you don't need to find Come home along the way and would you even try to walk upon the water if your fear held out for just another day tell me where do you think you can go when your heart knows you're already home why are you searching all the time for something you don't need to find come home
We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Okay, it's Clip of the Week time. We haven't done one for a while, so tonight's segment features show favorite Ann Coulter, who has now made immigration her signature issue with the recent book, Adios America. This excerpt was taken from the Joyce Kaufman radio show, where they both expound on the need to scare real Americans to wake up and vote white. Uh, nice, huh? Yeah. Roll it. Look at uh, Texas. I'm scared for Texas. It's holding on by a thread. Got a great attorney general, but... Uh, I write about that in the book. You know why Texas is different from California? Texas has the exact same percentage of Hispanics as California. They block vote for the Democrats exactly like they do in California. White voters in Texas voted 80% for Mitt Romney. In California, white voters split their vote. They have to tale, go tale, go tale, go tale. Greek is also das Gebot, das Gebot, das Gebot der Stunde. That's why Republicans have got to learn. Drive up the white vote. That's your base. Yeah, well, they're not doing that, and especially now with this uh, no position on the Supreme Court rulings. They've all backed away. They, 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 they promised, if you and you, you helped uh, get them elected in this last election. And the big promise was, that, oh, well, now we can figure, you know, we'll get rid of Obamacare now. Give up, Yogi. Yogi, give up? I gotta prove I'm smarter than the average. Okay, now it's time to call out the death squads. Call out the death squads. Call out the call out the call out the death squads. Yeah, well. I said give them one more chance. Oh, and they blew it. Yeah, they blew it. They really did, and it's disappointing at the at the least. I promise you one thing: if I run for president, and if I win, the Spider-Man show will be totally protected. That I can tell you. Hey, uh, uh, Spud, have you spoken to your therapist about a possible flare-up of your paranoid schizophrenia? Maybe you should look into a change what? in your medication. No, I was just thinking. It's totally under control. <laughs> you know, when Jim was playing, oh, I was I started thinking, maybe I'm like that guy in the movie Man, The Manchurian Candidate. Mm. You know, I, I mean, it's possible some foreign government has brainwashed me and, uh, I, and I've done some things that, that would get the attention of the NSA. Maybe I've been in a trance for periods of time and some secret foreign agent made me do some spying for him. Uh, you know, I highly doubt any country's intelligence agencies are capable of actually brainwashing Washing somebody like in the Manchurian Candidate, but it was a movie. Listen, yeah. I want you to remember Splash. That's about a mermaid. There are no no mermaids according to scientific research. Huh? I didn't. I don't know about that. Yeah, movies are make believe, guys. But there were two Manchurian Candidate, you know, movies made. So there yeah. must be some truth there. I, I may be just like Frank Sinatra, who is, you know, from my opinion, was was way better. Than, than that Laive Schreiber, at least as far as looking brainwashed, you know. I, I guess I'm always partial to the first one rather than the remakes. Why would anyone have messed with the original, which was a great movie? Could it be that our CIA was trying to send me a message no. that I didn't pick up after watching the first version years ago? That is that, messed up, I don't know, yo. That, that I could be an agent for some country who want me to do some bad things for them? Yeah, again, maybe you need to speak with your therapist no, about I, these I, feelings. I, I, if, 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 I'm just saying if. If, it, I, you know, I was an agent for, for a foreign country, then I hope that the feds keep me under constant surveillance and stop me before I do anything. Now, if I'm not brainwashed, then, of course, they better leave me the hell alone. It's starting to bug me. Well, listen, why don't we change the subject here? Should we discuss our recent upsurge in listeners in Germany? Our, our executive producer said that it was a talking point we needed to cover, well, remember? Um, so, listen, I, I, I'm supposed to say, uh, Guten Abend, 
uh, again this week. Where'd you pull that one out of? That's, uh, yeah. well, speaking of the German thing, do you think the German intelligence is involved? Because oh. maybe they're just still pissed about us tapping Merkel's phone. So if I'm, if I'm not a Manchurian candidate robot, then I wonder if they or maybe some other foreign agents are just trying to set me up, you know, like <laughs> plant some phony information that would make our government think I could be some spy? Like maybe someone might benefit if I got put away for 30 years or so? Uh. Maybe someone in my inner circle? I wonder who would get a leg up if I went up the river. Hmm. No, no, you listen, you really, really need to have your meds reviewed. I, you know, I, I told you I had periods of disorientation, but this is the first time on the air that I've seen this occur. I don't want to alarm our listeners. Look, if but you I think th- you would ever get my job should something happen to me, you're no, dreaming. There's an agreed line of secession should anything happen to me. This agreement has even been notarized, so it's a done deal. I find it hard to believe that any agreement such as that would stand up in a court of law, and there are regulations about proper hiring procedures. If the job of host of this program did open up after, God forbid, anything happened to you, then I think it would be offered to the best applicant. I like to think that I would possess sufficient job qualifications to at least be strongly considered for uh, that uh, position. Our recent community college intern over there, yeah, look at him, and now graduate, Trent, uh, he has a better shot at my job than you, and he really can't lie or stretch the truth even a little, so that would make it very difficult, you know, to be a talk show host. But he has more star quality than you for sure. That's very nice to hear, Mr. Goodman, but I was only here for college credit. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good to know. See, he's a team player who is willing to accept his role as a permanent subordinate. But I have a family and significant financial obligations. You know, our oldest is four years away from graduating high care. school. Our intern, Trent, is a community college graduate now. Give him a few years and let the pressures of adult life build up and take hold. He'll be just as ambitious as the rest of us. I, I don't see it. I don't see it. Trent would be just as happy being a hobo riding the rails. Am I right, Trent? I was just here to get college credit. Yeah, I yeah. heard you say that the first time. Okay, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Co-host, could you please do your job and see if our next guest is on the line? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, hey, you're, uh, you know what, Spud? Your next guest, Dick Dale, is on the line. Well, did, do you know Dick Dale is one of the coolest musicians on the face of the earth? I did not know that. Yeah, and his wife, uh, Lena, manages him and handles his PR. I got to tell you, that lady is really sharp. If I had her as my personal manager, I might be someone important right now. Well, you know what they say, uh, you know, behind any successful man is a wife. Look, can you really, can you, can you, can you give me that teaching lesson after the show? Right now, I want to talk to Dick. Put him on. Oh, okay, you got it. Here he is. All right, please welcome guitar legend Dick Dale to the show. How's it going, Dick? Hello. Oh, obviously, the surf scene's been a big part of your career. You know, surfers, I guess, were they not the first ones to jump on board with the sound in the late 50s? But that's really what I want to ask, though, is you were a surfer, too, and I heard uh, a pretty decent one. Was it a tough call some days, whether to stay in the water or head home and work on your material? Was that ever a tough one for you? Let me tell you, I had two and three businesses, and my surf shops, all that kind of stuff, Yep. my rec shops and everything like that, and it was always closed with a sign saying, I'll be back at 4 o'clock, <laughs> gone surfing. <laughs> and, and I was surfing from sunup to sundown. And in Hawaii, my home, my other home, I was in that water from the sun coming up to the sun coming down. And the only time I got out of the water was to get out and have my little root beer float. And then I go back in the water. And my dad used to go crazy when we were back here in the States, when the office, he had it, he opened up an office and he was managing me and Sunset and Vine, the, the Vine building, yes, Sunset Towers, 
he comes screaming down the Pacific Coast Highway where I was surfing off the cliffs and and he's going and I had my 1940 Ford Woody. Wow. And 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 that and and I had it all all cherried out and everything, and and uh, shit, I bought it for two hundred dollars, and I later sold it for four hundred dollars, and now they're over a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. But anyway, he used to say, "God damn it!" He said, "You're supposed to be uh, in Hollywood. You gotta talk to these people. You gotta talk to these guys. I got to coming into the office." I go, "Dad, I don't want to get into that crap." I says, "I'm just I'm surfing." <laughs> so, anyway, when I'd be playing in Huntington Beach. The kids would come in and fill up the ballroom, and the ballroom had all these windows on the pier, and they'd go, where's Dick Dale? And they'd go, that's him coming out of the water with his board, and I'd come out, i still have my shorts on and my bare feet, and I'd jump on stage and I'd be playing the guitar. Wow. So, you know, I, I, to me, you know, that was just window, a one window of my life. I have so many windows of my life, from flying airplanes to being in the martial arts all my life since I was 18. Okay, one of the things, Dick, that you also created, besides obviously surf music, is that was, it was the Fender Tank Reverb effect, right? That could be used with a microphone and also the course of a guitar. Tell us about that. Well, let me tell you. If you go to dickdale.com, Everything is listed right on that opening page of Atlanta sent it to you of everything I created with Leo Fender. Right. Everything. And so it's a multitude of things. But the reverb effect, I just, let me say this, it, for, you know, I mean, you basically made or saved uh, a ton of artists because without a dose of reverb, I mean, I, I mean, their their stuff just doesn't work nearly as well. You created an effect that that made probably the careers of many, many people. H- how many have ever thanked you? And I'm just curious. Well, let me tell you how it came about first. It came about because I was doing a lot of Hank Williams songs and country music, and I started in country. I was I played with people from Johnny Cash, Lefty Frizzell, Ernest Tubb, Tex Ritter gave me my first double gun belt set when I, because I used to do fast draw. And it was a thing called Town Hall Party, 1955. Laurie and Larry Collins, the Collins kids, Joe Mapus, I just did a dedication. His, they wanted me to do a song on his album. He was the father of the double neck guitar. I just did uh, um, Glenn Campbell's last album that he's done, God Bless Him, and he used to play yes. the damn back guitar for me in the recordings. It was Capitol. Really? And, and a super incredible performer and entertainer. He could play a guitar like you never believed and sing. Well, that's just some of them. I was just I was just on the giant concert in Florida with Kid Rock. Is that right? Uh, I, I tutored people like Buddy Holly used to open for me. I found Jimi Hendrix when he was playing bass for Little Richard in the bar to 20 people and showed him his slides and things like that and got him started with on the, a left-handed neck. I play on a right-handed neck even because I hold it upside down backwards. There's a whole lot of stories to be told. Are you, but, the, only guy, are you the only guy in the world that does that? How many others are able to do that? I don't know. I I don't go and look for stuff like that. I'm just curious. I mean, you've obviously had to have influenced somebody. Must be. Listen to me. I don't hang around musicians because I don't like them. Right? Okay. And the reason why I don't like them is because they don't, the majority of them, I'm going to say, not all of them, 
but the majority of them do not show to the children a good example of how to perform, how to live, how to act. And I have all these little kids. I get kids five years old coming to me with their parents. And, and, and they come up to me and they go, and kids seven and eight and nine go, do you have to take drugs to play the way you do? And I say, sit down, son, let me cleanse your soul. And I said, I don't smoke. My wife and I, we don't smoke. We've never had alcohol in our bodies. We don't take drugs. We've been through pain like you've never believed with the cancer. My wife has MS. And we never use drugs because they put holes in your, your liver and will kill you. We have a T-shirt that says your body follows your mind. Don't be so stupid to let your mind be so weak. You're going to put crap in your body to kill yourself. So we try to set an example. And that's why I don't like what's out there. So those things. But let me explain quickly. The beginning of the reverb, it didn't come for the guitar like everybody thinks. It came because I, I sang all these country songs and I did not have a natural vibrato. So I wanted to sustain my voice and like on a piano is my favorite instrument. And when I hit the sustain pedal, the note goes, uh, it'll sustain. So I told Leo, I got to have something like that. And we created everything from Fender, the Echoplex and everything, but it didn't do the job. But at home I had a Hammond organ and on that keyboard said reverb. So I pushed the button. And guess what? When I hit the note, the note went, uh, it sustained. And I go, that's what I need. That's what I need. So I took the whole silly organ apart in my living room, parts all over the floor. And I found a can screwed to the back inside saying Hammond Reverb. So I went and took it to Leo and I said, Leo, this is what it is. And I said, I need this. So we made a little box. We put in three tubes. 6K6, 12ATX7, 7025s, and with the springs in there. Right. And I plugged in my birdcage microphone. That's the one that Frank Sinatra always carried with him because he loved it so much. And when I plugged that microphone into that reverb and plugged it into my dual showman that we made, I sounded like Dean Martin. And that was the life of that. And I did it for about a week. And I said... What would it sound like if I plugged my guitar in it? Would it sustain the guitar note? And I plugged in my guitar, and the rest, my friend, is history. Well, as you know, I'm not that familiar with the rock and roll world, but I did read something about Dick Dale a while ago. I guess he's one of the world's top guitar players. Oh, my God. What? Have you not been listening to this interview? We are talking about his career. What are you doing right now? You need to pay attention. Just in case, God forbid, anything should happen to me, you know, you would need to step in and finish up the segment. I'm sorry, you are right. I've been daydreaming a lot lately. My wife said I'm very inattentive, but I can't really tell her what's distracting me. It wouldn't go over well. What is it? Well, if you must know, it's I ran into an old girlfriend from junior high school at Home Depot. She was my first crush and my locker partner for part of my eighth grade year. Okay. We were basically inseparable. She really got me, you know, and I felt like really? we had... You're going to bring this up in the middle of my interview? Nobody cares about your junior high love life. You're, you're right. I, I just need to forget Mandy. Okay, I'm going to forget I ever ran into her, but boy, she was still cute as a top. Uh, that's good to know. Now shut up and let me do my job here. All right, go ahead. Um, 
Dick, another thing that you were really the first to do is freaking play loud like at 10. You blew up a ton of amps in the early days. Uh, so, Did your friend Leo Fender uh, get pissed off that he had to keep making new ones for you? I was just curious. I told him, when 100 people come in to hear me, Leo, and I'm playing your other amps, it's fine. But when it gets to be 300 and 400 and 500, their bodies soak up a bass resonance sound. And so, and we didn't use uh, 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 microphones to amplify our speakers. Those amps had to work on their own to supply 100 people, 500 people, 1,000 people. You didn't mic them and at all, huh? Never. Wow. We never had. And so that's the reason why uh, we, we designed and created. We, we are the pioneers of uh, electricity, <laughs> a musical amplification right they said i was louder than motorhead yeah so yeah i've heard that yeah so anyway that's how that all came to be in addition to ruling surf guitar some have also dubbed you uh the father of heavy metal music and that's kind of leading into what you're talking about um you know you do know that obviously uh i was playing on uh uh, 60 gauge strings Uh, when i'm in spain I'm on the cover of all their heavy metal magazines in Spain. Yeah. They call me the father of heavy metal. Why? What is heavy metal? It's loudness. I'm playing on 60-gauge strings with a, with a solid-bodied Fender get a rock and roll-made guitar, and I'm using uh, the output transformer, 100-watt, peaking 180-watt output transformers to a 15-inch speaker. Uh, how else would you call that not heavy metal? Right. Well, do you, do you, you know, in that genre, do you enjoy it all? The work of, say, maybe Kirk Hammett of Metallica, Eddie Van Halen, or Dimebag Daryl of Pantera? I'm just curious, does anybody, do you ever check out some of the younger guys that have obviously been influenced by you? No. Let me hit you with this. Um, now, you also, Dick, have done the Hollywood movie thing. I mean, you were in a movie with Marilyn Monroe, Let's Make Love, and you did the three biggest beach movies of all time, Beach Party, Muscle Beach, and Return to the Beach. Did, when you did the beach movies, did you hang out much with uh, Annette Funicello? Because I interviewed her a few years back, you know, way back. Uh, her, her health was starting to fade, uh, fail a little bit from MS at that point, but she was so incredibly, I mean, she had this energy and this spunk. I just, she was just an amazing woman. Did you ever hang out with her at all? Oh, yeah, of course. We were very, very close. Her parents and my parents were trying to get us together to get married. Oh. And, and, but, but I was a totally different person. I'm a surfer, and, and Annie was uh, in there with the Hollywood crowd. And, and, but she was, you know, she, she was always polite, always nice, because Walt Disney uh, really kept uh, tools on her, saying, like, he wouldn't let her wear a regular bikini. <laughs> you know, she could only show so much in the movies. Right. And... Stuff like that. And, and her family, I, I mean, I cannot say, uh, I, I cannot even come up with words to say how wonderful and cordial and wonderful her family was and, uh, with, to me. And, and, and uh, I call, used to call her Fanooch. Dick, what has been your most memorable moment in music? You have a billion to choose from, so try and pick out something if you could. Many, many people, you know, I train people like Richie Valens. Uh, it, it goes, it goes, Jimmy, well, I about Jimmy. I taught him all the slides and everything like that. And in fact, in, in fact, uh, Buddy Miles, he was the drummer for Jimi Hendrix. And, and Buddy used to open for me at times. He'd stand on the stage before he brought me up on stage and he used to say, Hey, audience, I got to tell you something. There wasn't a day didn't go by that Jimmy didn't say, I got my best from Dick Dale. Wow. You know, so, wow. you know, it's. 
I mean, I'm an old guy. I've been around since I'm the, I was the first in 1955 to create the power to play through. Well, nobody I'm, else had that. No, no, no. I was, there's no doubt. Create, there's no doubt. Yeah, I, with Leo Fender. And I'm still alive because I didn't take all that crap in my body. I mean, Elvis used to take me screaming up and down Hollywood Boulevard in the Stutz Big Cat. And cause we used to fight and train together. It was the same uh, Ed Parker trained us. And, and the cops would pull him over and go, oh, it's you. You want a manager? And El would go, thank you very much. And he'd drive away. Dick, I got to tell you, it was really a pleasure to speak with you. God bless. Thank you so. Listen. Listen. This is the Spud Goodman Show. What else is there, man? Once again, Jim McKeever. Goodman Show. Show.
Hey folks, this is Sam Kinnison. Hey, didn't you die like 15 years ago? Yeah, I did. And the only thing that brings me back from the dead is to listen to Spud Goodman right here. You understand that, you whore? Oh! Oh! <laughs> you can't joke about the f***ing dead. Hey, uh, uh, Spud, your new best buddy is holding for you. Ted Marr is He's good to go. He's not my best buddy, but yes, I do enjoy speaking with him about aliens, ghosts, and stuff, okay? He gets me a lot better than you do. Oh. He says my aura is very impressive. Hey, could he evaluate my aura? No, no, the man's really busy. Just do the plug for the show and, and put him on, okay? Oh, uh, right. Uh, Ted Marr's show, Out of This World, can be heard each Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific at KKNW, 1150 a.m. in Seattle. Oh. Or on the web. Okay, Spud, here he is. All right, it's time for Out of This World with Ted Marr. Uh, thanks for checking in with us tonight, Ted. Well, thank you, Spud, for taking my call. It's always so much fun to talk to you. All right. Well, I wanted to ask you if uh, maybe you could contact Elvis for me. You know, he, he took a ton of crap from people when they read he died on the toilet, and I just wanted to, to get his side on it. You know, he could have maybe choked on something while watching TV in his home theater room or, I don't know, hit his head on a disco ball or something in the rec room. Uh, I, I just don't believe he went out on the toilet. It sounds like someone made that up just to embarrass him. Uh, can, can you see if he's available right now? Well, contacting the spirit world is a little bit like making a phone call. I'll, I'll see if he's. I'll see if he will answer his line. Hold on here, just a second here. Well, he doesn't have a party line, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. He, he just he just came on, and um, actually, he's really enjoying the spirit side of things. He says he's he's doing a lot of singing and musical work over there, and the oh. spirits just love him. Just love him. Um, He's got more fans over there than he did here on Earth, he said. Wow. <laughs> Which is funny. Um, no, he's, he's really enjoying himself over there. He, um, he said being over there is in a state of, of bliss. You know, I mean, it's, it's hard, he says, being on the planet Earth. Even if you're a successful musician, uh, like he, an entertainer like he was, you still have things to deal with. And um, it's, it's, um, he's in a higher dimension. He's in the fifth dimension right now. And he's, he does a lot of musical concerts uh, for uh, for the spirits over there. Well, d let me ask you, is, does, d is it important for spirits to eat healthy? Because I don't know if he's still doing the fried uh, uh, banana peanut butter sandwich deal, but d do spirits eat at all? I mean, do they, or can they, they don't have to worry about that? Or how does that work? <laughs> well, because they don't have any physicality of the third dimension, they really don't eat. But what they feed off of is your good are your good thoughts. So if, if you can send good thoughts to Elvis on the other side, he would really appreciate that. I know that from not only Elvis, but also other spirits, too. If, for example, you have a long-lost relative, your parents have passed away, or a, a, a close friendly friend, send them lots of love and light, because they really like that. It really it comes through to the other side, and love is the most powerful force in the universe, and they really enjoy that. Spud, could you ask Ted if he could contact our late dog, Missy? 
It would mean a lot to what? my wife, Rachel. But the two of them were inseparable. Missy was a really tiny Pekingese miniature. She was so cute. Listen, I am not going to ask Ted to contact the spirit of your dead dog, Missy. If I was going to go there, I would ask him about a regular-sized dog, like my old lab Ringo or my beagle mix Gracie. You know, real dogs, not some micro-purse pet. Well, listen, Missy might have been tiny, but she ate like a horse, I tell you. One time... Look, can I get back to Ted, please? I'm just starting to get into this. He's a really interesting dude. Um, hey, well, now that you're right at this moment tuned into the celebrity graveyard, could you ask who Marilyn Monroe liked more, Bobby uh, Kennedy or his brother JFK? Because that must have been a really tough call for her. Um, okay, hold on here just a moment. She was more deeply in love with JFK than Robert F. Kennedy. Oh. Um, Robert F. Kennedy was kind of like a, a fling. Oh, I'm getting into an area she really doesn't want to talk about very much, but okay. she did she did say that. Um, it's kind of sensitive, even 60 years on, it's sort of a sensitive subject. Right. There was some rivalry between the two brothers. Right. And that was a that was a point of contention between the two. All right, well, uh, just tell her I said hi, I guess, and uh, um, I guess we're running out of time here, but uh, yeah, give her my best, would you? Because I was always a fan. I just, I just did actually, and right. she says you're doing a wonderful job. She really does. So, all right, that you made my day. I got a little pep in my step now on that one. All right, all right. Well, that, that's gonna have to do it, I guess, for this week's out of this world segment. Um, Ted, I, once again, what can I say? Uh, uh, you know, you're amazing. All right, thanks a lot, and we're gonna talk again. Well, thank you, Spud. Take care. Bye bye. All right. My, how time flies. I don't know about you, but I, I would have sworn I heard the phone line click it a few times during the interview with Ralphie May. Really? It, it could have been someone trying to tap into the call and record it, you know? But, but possible. They, they wouldn't need to tap the phone line during the interview. They could just tune into the radio show and hear everything. Or, or they could just download the podcast okay, later. Okay, but, but, but maybe hardcore <laughs> spy agencies might want to go that extra mile like the Chinese. They're hacking everything these days. Uh, listen, I just feel your paranoia needs to be addressed. And after the situation is under control, we could rationally discuss your perception. That's now... You're under surveillance. Hey, just because you are paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. I have uh, that poster in my bathroom wall. It gives me great comfort. Well, that's huh? nice to know. So, Spud, do you want to close the show now? Y you may be a little disoriented right now. What are you talking about? I'll wrap this thing up when I'm ready to go, but I guess I... Admit it, though. You're, you're jealous of me uh, Me being under surveillance. It's so badass. You're jealous, right? <laughs> Listen, anything you say, Spud. All right, all right. I'm, I'm going to pursue this thing further after the show when I get back to my apartment. I'm, I'm not staying for the post-show reporters. I want to see if I can lose the tail on the drive home. You know, I know some really evasive driving tactics I picked up from those Fast and Furious movies. You want All the, right. you my want name the is Spud to go? Goodman. No, I want to be by myself just in case right. I need to slip away in, in the silence, you know, into the night and ditch my car. So anyway, I'm Spud Goodman. Be all you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. You've been listening to the Spud Goodman Radio Show. No more a waste of your time than other vacuous programs currently on the air. The show is written and directed by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Production. Original music by Michael Spots and Tom Harmon. Executive producer is Lori Madsen. Video director is TJ Pice. Our interns are Trent Botello and Anna Howell. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicist. Opinions expressed on this show do not reflect those of the station, the sponsors, or any living person except Spud Goodman. Copyright 2015 Spud Goodman Productions. 
David Brenneman speaking. Northwest music. This is an hour of sterling conversation. This is an hour of analysis of the previous hour of the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Welcome, everyone, to the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. My name is Gina, and I will be your host tonight, as our regular host, Lawrence, is dealing with an old issue with his parole status in California. It's some kind of hearing, I think. Maybe they will say he won't have to see his PO anymore. Oh, that would give him more time during the week to increase his quality of life. So, handling the co-host duties will be Derek, who normally does... Well, I guess you could say he announces a few highlights from time to time each show. And more. Derek, um, you know you're going to be doing my duties, so I hope you did your homework. You know, generally I put many hours in each week to research and reviewing the material Spud lays out for us. And why do I feel like you haven't looked at tonight's schedule before you stepped into the studio? Well, you know, that's, Super. A little, that's a little insulting. First of all, let me speak directly to our listeners and say it will be my pleasure to serve as the co-host tonight. We do have somewhat of a bond built up over the many months I've been on the show. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call it a bond. No, I, I was referring to the relationship I have now with our listeners. Mm. Something special is growing. And it's clear that I have been embraced by many, though you and everyone else around this place still doubt me. Yeah, we can only go with our best judgment. And mine tells me that you continue to reside in a dream world, Derek. Super. Hmm. But let me bring in our panel tonight. We have Dave back with us this week. We missed you on the last show. Well, I missed being here, and it's a pleasure to be back. Yeah. And of course, we have Mike, the engineer, again. How's it going? Oh, we couldn't do the show without you. Well, we could, but uh, nobody would hear it. Super. And we have our ex-intern Trent on the phones. Hey, Trent. Why am I still here? <laughs> and we also would like to bring in Anna, our other ex-intern from Pierce College, into the conversation. It's a privilege, as always. Show off. <laughs> <laughs> and I do need to acknowledge our newest intern, Johnny. Who Actually, is... uh, Johnny had to step out for a little bit. Ah. So he's not in the studio with us tonight. He's not in the studio. Well, darn. Okay. Well, welcome, Johnny, anyhow. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, Super. So now that he's not here, would this be a good time for me to deliver the uh, co-host monologue? I mean, it's pretty short, so you guys don't have to get all wiggy on me and put... Uh, I really put in some time with this one. Uh, Derek, it's good to know that you took time away from your Call of Duty obsession, but I I'm not allowed to deliver a co-host monologue. I mean, look at the schedule. Do you see anything with the words Derek's co-host monologue? Well, it's not there. Maybe I got the wrong schedule. I mean, it's not on this one, but maybe on Anna. Let me see Super. yours. Super. 
Do you know why it's not there? Because you are just filling in for me tonight. You are not the vice president of the United States, and I have been taken to the hospital for some life-threatening situation. I am in perfect health, so there's no need for you to step up here. Things are under control. So just do your little job of announcing the highlights, okay? Hey, come on. I could do that in my sleep. You're telling me that you are choosing not to utilize my skills right now? I really thought with Lawrence gone, I would be sitting in your spot right now. No offense, but it was a no-brainer. But you're not sitting in the host chair, are you? No. Super, and all I will say super. is I'm not a big conspiracy buff, but it, but is it a coincidence that our executive producer, Lori, is a woman and has chosen to go with females each time there's a need to find a replacement for the host or co-host? I'm just saying that sexism works both ways, you know? It might, but you're leaving out the talent component that our executive producer has to consider when making the call as to who to bring in to fill in the important positions on the show. So right now, why don't we change the subject and start off with some music? All right. So first up is Ricky Jarvey and Constantine from the Muppets with I'm number one. And then after that, we have the Blind Pets with Sweet Tooth. I'm number one. You're number two. We're criminals at large, but I'm at larger than you. I'm number one. You're number two. I believe in equality as long as you get less than me. I'm one. You're one. You're number two. I'm number two. You may think that you're smarter, but I'm smarter than you. I'm number one. You're number two. You're lucky to be number two, not number three. I can see by the look in your eye you want to get a bigger piece of the A frog. I can see it's just a matter of time before he's gone and I'm at the front of the line. It won't be long till I get my chance, but in the meantime, I've got to dance, monkey dance. Dance, monkey dance! Now watch me! It's done.
Bud Goodman, Post Show Report. Hey Gina, so our uh, our musical guest tonight, Jim McKeever, is ready to be interviewed. If if you don't want to take it, I can Ooh, I can no. head this up. Yay! Okay. Can, can I at least so, ask one question? Okay, you can ask one, but yes. not right now. Super. So, Jim, I was asked by Lawrence to ask okay. if you did any hard time in prison in this state or or any other state. It, it's kind of his pet question. Uh, well. I- I was in one of those uh, executive kind of country clubs, so it wasn't it wasn't exactly hard time, but the uh, the soup was often uh, lukewarm. It sounds really rough. Yeah. 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 All right. I'm just glad to be here. So my second question: um, So what's your sign? Because you you seem like you could be like a Libra or something. I'm a Taurus. Oh, a Taurus. Super. We get along really well. Yeah. All yeah, right. I think so. Um, so who were your biggest influences musically? Oh, uh, number one would have to be Freddie Mercury and then a little bit of Jim Morrison, uh, Elvis Costello and, uh, Robin Hitchcock. All right. We're almost out of time. Can I ask the next one? Okay, Derek. Have you ever played a flying V guitar on stage? That would be so cool. Uh, no, I, I've, I've tried, but you know, the problem is, have you ever tried playing one of those things without a strap? It's impossible. I have not. You can't play them around a campfire, I'm telling you. Mm. That is not super. They need, to, they need to come up with a way to do that. So, Spud mentioned to me that you were one of on his old cable TV show years ago. What is the biggest change to the Seattle music scene since those days? Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, I remember looking... Uh, I used to be able to look into the Rocket magazine and see any show that was happening, and I probably knew the band or knew of them. And almost overnight in 91... It just became insane. I, I, my little circle of musicians ended up being about five percent of the scene. It was so. I would say it's just gigantic, and and of course on the national stage as well. True, Anna. Would you like to ask the last question? Sure. Um, what is the name of the last song you're going to play for us? Uh, it's actually the uh, titular track, um, "Sunlight Reaches." Sunday morning, I was dreaming As she was scheming her getaway She left the note where I could see it Didn't need to read it I just walked away Yeah, we spawned some gold together just couldn't weather that big storm. She said, Love is selfish when it's someone else's, but my heart ain't your playground anymore. All of the beaches that your sunlight reaches, oh, how did I end up? On this shore, summer turned straight into winter, but I didn't shiver until I took your call. Now I think back on all those moments. What if I had noticed? What if it broke my fall? Said it was 
The Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, so it's time for me to step in here and uh, get things kicked off with our first celebrity highlight of the night. Our first clip of the night comes from Spud's interview with comedian Ralphie May, in which he asked Ralphie about an incident he had in Colorado involving an alleged compromised edible. Stand up, and I love making people laugh, so it's it's easy for me. All right, super. Hey, can we start this thing off with a question about your show sure, in Colorado in January, <laughs> I believe, where you got a little too high on edibles, according to like TMZ, and the cops got called to the show. How many brownies yeah, did you Yeah, that's eat? what they said, but it wasn't true. Oh, okay. It wasn't true. Dang, that's a good story. I, I, I wish, I, I would love to say it was, and, and I do smoke a ton of reefer, okay, a ton. And um, But that day, I actually had a sinus infection, and uh, everything on there, was uh, cold medicine. Oh. I took, uh, uh, and cold medicine, that's not better. It's just not illegal or scandalous or salacious. It's just exactly what messes you up. I mean, take every day, uh, uh, day cold medicine to stop your nose from running, all right, and then start shaking, okay, because you took so much, because you had to fix yourself, because you have a show, and then take NyQuil to uh, even it out, all right? And that is exactly what happened. Well, you wouldn't have been the first, because I remember Maureen Dowd from the New York Times uh, went to Colorado to write a piece on the legalization, on the impact that it's had, and uh, she had a few, uh, I guess she had uh, ate too many something that was infused with THC and anyway she got very sick so uh, it wouldn't have been the first yeah. but we are you know we also have those uh, products available here in the state of Washington so when you arrive here yes. you might want to think about just sticking with smoking you know I don't know <laughs> no I normally uh, go edibles I go Chiba Chews okay uh, they're um, award winning uh, cons- uh, discreet uh, consistent and very potent alright and so that's that's what I, how I roll normally, but yeah. Uh, it's All right, Anna, cold medicine versus edibles. What's your thoughts and feelings? Uh, I rather stay away with, from uh, any medicines, to be honest. Good call. <laughs> I think he went to the former college student right away with that question. Of course. <laughs> 
<laughs> going for the easy layup there. <laughs> How about you, Gina? I know you and your you and your man friend are into the uh, the gathering of the juggalos and stuff. I know there's a lot of stuff that goes around out there. True. Have but you ever accidentally eaten a Rice Krispies treat that you weren't supposed to? Well, there there definitely has been a brownie in my past that was um, led to a very colorful night. But uh, but generally, I like to keep it clean. Yeah, I got kids, you know. You know, it's when the conversation turns to this subject that we really miss on one here in the studio. Yeah, I know. Dang it. Wish he was here right now. I'm sure he'd have lots of fun stuff to say. So we should get back to the music. First up is the Great Link Ray with Rawhide. And then we have a Seattle band, The Head and the Heart with Lose My Mind. Oh, 
For more of the Spud Goodman post-show report. Welcome back to the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Well, Gina, we're bringing back a classic this week. Uh, Spud's Clip of the Week is back, and this time we've got oh, Ann Coulter talking about her new book, All Adios right, America. Mm. Look at uh, Texas. I'm scared for Texas. It's holding on by a thread. Got a great attorney general, but... I uh, read about that in the book. You know why Texas is different from California? Texas has the exact same percentage of Hispanics as California, they block vote for the Democrats exactly like they do in California. White voters in Texas voted 80% for Mitt Romney. In California, white voters split their vote. They have totale, 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 totale. Greek is also das Gebot, das Gebot, das Gebot der Stunde. Well, That's mm-hmm. why Republicans have got to learn. Drive up the white vote. That's your base. Yeah, well, they're not doing that, and especially now with this uh, no position on the Supreme Court rulings. They've all backed away. They, 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 they promised, if you and you, you helped uh, get them elected in this last election. And the big promise was, they'll, well, now we can figure, you know, we'll get rid of Obamacare now. Give up, Yogi. Yogi, give up? I gotta prove I'm smarter than the average. Okay, now it's time to call out the death squads. Call out the death squads. Call out the call out the call out the death squads. Yeah, well. I said give them one more chance. Oh, <laughs> they blew it. Yeah, they blew it. They really did, and it's disappointing at the at the least. Yeah, I don't think we need to talk about that. Yeah, it's let's return to the music. Why don't? Mehr Musik ist das Gebot der Stunde. 
and yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so first up is Run DMC with the classic, It's Tricky. And after that is The Birds with He Was a Friend of Mine. Hit play, please. This is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. Here we go. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On time. It's tricky. It's tricky. 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 It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On time. It's tricky. 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 I met this little girly. Her hair was kind of curly. Went to her house and bust her out. I had to leave real early. All they just say is please me Or spend some time and rock a rhyme I said it's not that easy It's tricky to rock around, to rock around That's right, on time it's tricky How is it, babe? It's tricky, tricky, tricky It's tricky to rock around
I think you guys might be excited by this out of this world segment this week. Oh, I love that guy. Yeah, so we've got Ted Mar back with Spud, uh, and this time he's dishing a little bit of juicy gossip about one of the most famous love triangles of all time. Cool. Um, hey, well, now that you're right at this moment tuned into the celebrity graveyard, could you ask who Marilyn Monroe liked more, Bobby uh, Kennedy or his brother JFK? Because that must have been a really tough call for her. Um, okay, hold on here just a moment. She was more deeply in love with JFK than Robert F. Kennedy. Oh. Um, Robert F. Kennedy was kind of like a, a fling. Oh, I'm getting into an area she really doesn't want to talk about very much, but she, okay. did, she did say that. Um, it's kind of sensitive, even 60 years on. It's sort of a sensitive subject. Right. There was some rivalry between the two brothers. Right. And that was a that was a point of contention between the two. All right. Well, uh, just tell her I said hi. I guess, and uh, um, I guess we're running out of time here. But uh, yeah, give her my best, would you? Because I was always a fan. I just I just did actually, and right. she says you're doing a wonderful job. She really does. So all right, that you made my day. I got a little pep in my step now on that one. All right, all right. Well, th- that's gonna happen. All right. Wow, that's that's pretty cool stuff. I, there's like a million people that I think I would want to talk to through him. Who, who would you want to talk to if you could talk to anybody who's no longer with us? Oh man, how do you how do you pick that? Right, if you had to pick just one person. Just one person doesn't have to be famous, but I I couldn't. There's too many. Too many. How about you, Anna? Like Derek said, that'd be impossible. Just one person. Uh-huh. It's tough. That's a tough one. But that's a pretty cool interview. Warren G. Harding, without a doubt. Without a doubt. <laughs> oh, there you go. At least one of us is, has got their head on straight about it. All right. Well, I know. I would like to hear some more music. How about you guys? So let's start off with a band that has performed on Spud's show, uh, The Gods Themselves with I Am the President. And then we have The Clash with Complete Control. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, so it's time for our final highlight of the night. Our final highlight comes from Spud's interview with the famous Dick Dale, uh, talking about his most memorable moments and some of the people that he's trained. That's a very cool story. Um, well, let me hit you with the last question, because uh, you've also... I mean, there are many, many people. You know, I train people like Richie Valens. Uh, it, it goes... It goes Jimmy, well, I about Jimmy. I taught him all the slides and everything like that. And in fact, in, in fact uh, Buddy Miles... He was the drummer for Jimi Hendrix, and Buddy used to open for me at times. He'd stand on the stage before he brought me up on stage, and he used to say, Hey, audience, i got to tell you something. There wasn't a day didn't go by that Jimmy didn't say, I got my best shit from Dick Dale. Wow. You know, so, wow. you know, it, I mean, I'm an old guy. I've been around since I'm the, I was the first in 1955 to create the power to play through. Well, Nobody I'm, else had that. No, no, no. I was, there's no doubt. Creative, there's no doubt. Yeah, I, with Leo Fender. And I'm still alive because I didn't take all that crap in my body. I mean, Elvis used to take me screaming up and down Hollywood Boulevard in the Stutz Big Cat. And we used to fight and train together. It was the same. Uh, Ed Parker trained us. And, and the cops would pull him over and go, oh, it's you. You want a manager? And El would go, thank you very much. And he'd drive away. And so, but I mean, I mean I've met all these people. Through my uh, travelings, and I threw so many people out of my dressing room because they were either drinking or smoking. We wouldn't allow it. Wow. Because uh, to show you, That's... being clean, you're going to live a lot longer. I wish I was on first syllable terms with Elvis. Right? <laughs> That's crazy, that list of people. Jimi Hendrix, Elvis Presley, Annette Leo Pusatella. Fender. Like, ugh. Yeah. It'd be pretty amazing to have There's met all those people. There. Absolutely. Super. Well, now for our last couple of songs, let's begin with the Drive-By Truckers and a live version of Birmingham. And following that, we have them with Here Comes the Night.
The way I used to do 
eyes Exactly like she told me to Yeah, yeah, yeah Well, here it comes Here comes the night The long, the long and only night Night, 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 night Whoa, here comes the night This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Well, friends, I know I had a great time hosting tonight's show. It was a mm-hmm. lot of fun, though I am looking forward to Lawrence returning next week as, you know, we're a team. You know, if you ask me, it's a team that could use some more players. <sighs> when the time is right, Derek, when you have proven yourself, I, I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibilities that someday you could be chosen to host the show, given some horrible chain of events that went Oy. down. Like Lawrence had his parole revoked and was returned to Pelican Bay in California. And, and maybe I suffer from amnesia and couldn't handle the stress of Super. hosting a radio program. It's- Something really tragic, because I want everyone to know that I am a trooper. You may not know this, but I had perfect attendance through middle and high school. I won the award each year. I mean, and sure, I took crap from, you know, those classmates, but you learn to deal with the jealousy of others. You know what I mean, Derek? No, not really. I'm not stupid here. I know now that it will take an act of God for me to ever host this program. Well, you know, you just you just got to keep working on it. You, there's some techniques I could show you, some, some things I learned in broadcasting school. I mean, um, you know, the big thing is to just really do your research before you come into the show. Okay, so... You're, you're putting it a little harshly. Let's just say, from what I've heard in staff meetings, you're still a work in progress. Yeah, um, actually about those staff meetings, uh, when do you think I can start attending them? I mean, I've heard that, you know, Trent and Anna can go. Like, it's when is that's, it going to be my turn to go? That's right, Derek. You're never there. But, I mean, I do bring cookies. What? So. They're absolutely delicious. They have, like, little chocolate and There's, sprinkles and everything. You know, I, I, I would think of it as kind of a blessing in disguise because those meetings go on and on and on. And, yeah, there's but cookies, if there's, but... But if there's cookies... I mean, yeah, but, I mean, you know, I, uh, cookies can't cover a whole, the whole world of sins that are... That are present as those things. I mean, Lori just. Hey, I I'm Jess, a really good sitter. I can sit for a really long time. And moans especially and complains if there's about the you know the and there's always never enough reverb and you know this and it's just it <laughs> oh, just, just goes reverb. on and on and on. Well, I can prove myself, you guys. I can I can sit through one of those meetings. I can do it. Well, we'll see, Derek. I mean. Frankly, going to the meetings, that's between you and our executive producer. So let me say, first of all, thank you to our awesome panel. Dave on the soundboard, great job, like usual. It's been a pleasure to be back here. You know, I was really sorry I missed last week, but um, yeah, well, you know, I missed, I'm sure I'll hear about that at the next staff meeting (laughs) where Lori just complains about everything. And Mike, our engineer, thank you so much for what you do. Oh, my pleasure. I'm thankful I don't have to attend those. <laughs> and our ex-interns, Trent and Anna, I continue to appreciate that you continue to show up here even after graduating. I don't really want to, but I have to think about it on Thursdays. How rude. Um, I enjoy being here. And Derek, uh, about those meetings, I think you'd complain too much, so... That's yeah. true. Their cookies I, taste horrible. I would, I would keep my mouth quiet for most of the time. Sure, more players, right? <laughs>
Well, Anna, thank you for coming and sitting with us tonight. You were great. It's so nice to have you here. It's great being here. Thank you. And you, I think you have a bright future in broadcasting. What you you can pick up on that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well. Anyways. Super. So let me say, we have one last song for you guys before the credits roll. So here is Mike Elliott and Jim Latour with Rock Me Jerry Lewis. Good night, everyone. Yeah, good night. And uh, let me just say how much I've enjoyed spending time with everyone listening as I you okay. know, carry on the... New Jersey, March 16th. Jerry Lewis is born in Newark. 1946, at the age of 20, Jerry Lewis meets Dean Martin for the first time. 1949, Martin and Lewis star in their first film, My Friend Irma. 1956, Martin and Lewis release Hollywood or Bust, then split up. 1963, on his own, Lewis stars in The Nutty Professor. 1973, Lewis chooses Las Vegas as the home for the MDA telethons. Labor Day, three years later, Frank Sinatra reunites Martin and Lewis live on the telethon. In 1986, for no apparent reason, Mike Elliott and Bud Latour record... Rock me, Jerry Lewis! Rock, rock, rock me, Jerry Lewis! Jerry... Ooh, ooh, ooh. Jerry Lewis, Jerry Lewis, Jerry Lewis, Jerry Lewis, Post Show Report is written and directed by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Executive Producer, Lori Madsen. Associate Producer, David Deere. Live Music Production and Broadcast Engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Audio Highlights, Derek Schneider. Our interns are Anna Howell and Trent Botello. Theme music composed and performed by Brian J. Martin. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicist. Copyright 2015, Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. Thank you.
Gina, please, come on. What? No. You. Please, just give me Lori's phone number, okay? I, you I'll just call. don't get it, Derek. I, I, I need to plead my case to, to Lori, but Dude, nobody wants to give me her phone number. Lori made it very clear that you having her number really kind of creeped her out. Okay, I don't like to toot my own horn here, but I know people, and I could get you backstage passes to the next gathering. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's illegal, Derek. You're... No, it's not. All right? You're... They, making- 